Good morning. A number of years ago, when I was a member of First Presbyterian Church in Virginia Beach, I had house guests for the weekend, and if you are my house guests for the weekend anywhere, I'm liable to suggest that we go to church on Sunday. So I texted the church's pastor, a very good personal friend of mine, and I said, who's going to be preaching on Sunday, as I wanted my friends to hear him preach? He texted back that I needn't worry about who was preaching, but that Jesus would be there. <laughs> I realize that some of you are missing some of your familiar faces this morning, but I promise you Jesus is in the house. I think that summertime, at least to me, always signifies somewhat simpler, slower days. Simpler meals with less fuss, just somehow easier days. I think that summer church and summer sermons maybe ought to follow the more relaxed schedule as well. A fairly simple salad of a sermon with simple faith-based ingredients. I think a clear message based on the easy-to-understand concept of loving God and following Jesus. Both the Old Testament selection for today and the New Testament reading are about understanding that God will provide. We don't have to worry about whether God will or will not provide. God will give us what we need. God will ensure that we make ends meet. David is telling us in Psalm 16, and Jesus is telling us in Matthew's Gospel, let go of the anxiety and the worry, rejoice in the Lord. I am sure that many of you of a certain age remember Alfred E. Newman, the fictitious mascot and cover boy of the American humor magazine, Mad. His distinct smiling face, parted red hair, gap-toothed smile, freckles, protruding nose, and scrawny body with his mantra of, what, me worry? That question actually came from a late 19th century advertisement for painless dentistry. <laughs> he was saying that there was no need to worry about that dental procedure as the pain would be taken care of. And, of course, you will remember the infectious tune by Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy. I attended a funeral one time for a friend. His name was James Wilson. And the pastor said that the deceased had always said there were not but three worries in the world. January, February, and never worry. Now, David the psalmist and my friend James are pretty much on the same page. David is telling us pretty much the same thing. He's telling us that if we put God in first place, keep God always in front, there will be no need to frown and worry. Needless worry about things we don't have. Needless worry about how our needs are not being met. This psalm is really a beautiful psalm. It is short, sweet, and to the point. You can literally feel David's joy in his relationship with the Lord. 
David begins by saying, I have no good apart from you. Everything that is good comes from you. David is telling us that life is just very, very good. There is nothing to worry about. When we reach a certain age, and I think we tend to look back and review things that have happened to us in our life, we look back and we say, well, I remember that thing, and yeah, that was good. And I remember that thing, and that was good as well. And then there's this thing we remember that maybe wasn't so good. I'll bet that David is saying in the end, when we're looking back, approaching our heavenly home, and we revisit that same list of things, even those things that we might have thought were bad, may have turned out to be good as well. We know then that the Lord, we know then that God got us through those not-so-good times, and that we indeed somehow came out the other end. We need to remember, friends, that even the worst thing that ever happens is never the last thing that happens. Let's listen to Psalm 16 in its entirety. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble ones, in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out, nor take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful ones see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's think about what David is saying in this psalm. He starts off by asking the Lord to protect him. He takes his refuge in the Lord. That's his special place from which all good things come. Others who worship other gods and drink blood offerings, they will never know the joy that David has. He won't even let the names of other gods pour from his lips. There are several references to David's inheritance in this psalm, what he has received and what he will inherit. Listen to verse 5, where David says, The Lord is his chosen portion, and my cup. You hold my lot. The King James Version says that you are the portion of my inheritance. We've heard the word portion used this way before. In Numbers 18, verse 20, God says to Aaron, I will take you to this land and show you this glorious land, but you will inherit none of it. I am your portion, 
the Lord says to Aaron, I am your inheritance. Aaron and his descendants did not even get a little plot in the promised land, but they got God. And according to David in Psalm 16, when you have God, you have everything. Now, we may have all heard the good news that somebody we know comes into an inheritance. Wow, that's awesome. Did you hear that Billy Watson inherited $100,000? Well, that's great for old Billy. Well, it is pretty darn good to get an unexpected hundred grand, but it's nothing compared to Aaron's inheritance. Aaron got God as his inheritance. Aaron got God as his portion. David comes into an inheritance as well. David also got God as his portion, his inheritance, his birthright, the birthright of every child of God. When David says that his boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places, he means that his plot of land, that has, that's been surveyed for him, what has been staked out for him, is God and it is plenty. David has a goodly heritage. David is looking beyond this life and to the inheritance that he has received from God and his inheritance that is, in fact, God. As Christians, we can claim the inheritance that is ours in Jesus Christ. Jesus is our portion, our lot, our cup. We will be joint heirs with Jesus. Sometimes being a joint heir means getting less, meaning that you have to share the wealth, so to speak. Not so when your inheritance makes you a joint heir with Jesus Christ. David says that in the night also my heart instructs me. God's counsel is with me not just during the day, but also in the night. I promise that there are any number of us here who have had some sleepless nights. After a certain age, that just seems to happen. We just don't sleep as well. We toss and we turn and we worry. Not David. He sleeps like a baby. David says, don't worry. He is sleeping well with God, counseled by God both day and night. Siblings, it is really good to have God as your counselor. David says in verse 8, that he has set the Lord always before me. David keeps God at the front of the line. David says, don't worry. God is David's reason to get up in the morning. Some translations say that uh, well, David will not be shaken. God with, his, at his, with God at his right hand, David will not be moved. But some translations use the word shaken instead of moved. We are all shaken by things that happen things we experience, things we see, things we dream up. If you put one of those things that shake you at the front of the line, if you put one of those things that shake you at the forefront of your life, you will be shaken. Put God in that number one position, and there won't be quite as much shaking going on. Make things that shake you less a priority in your life. Take hold of this verse. David says, don't worry. David writes, goes on to write, you show me the path of life. 
All of us will remember that when Jesus says to the disciples that they know the way to where he is going, Thomas asks, but Lord, how can we know the way? Jesus answers that he is the path, that he is the way. David says that in God there is fullness of joy, not little teeny bitty snippets of joy, but fullness of joy. This psalm began with a cry to the Lord for help and ends with this amazing declaration of faith. Friends, life is not meant to be perfect or problem-free. I have heard it said that we all reside in a fallen tent in a fallen world, but we deal with challenges and setbacks and we keep on keeping on. We can deal with these challenges and setbacks because we, like David, have put God in the first position in our lives and are living our life for him. We are living those lives, enjoying those lives, secured and blessed. Let's consider the New Testament passage that Kathleen read for us earlier. It certainly echoes what David has said in Psalm 16. Pretty much a direct command from Jesus not to worry. And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But first, strive for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is telling this crowd 2,000 years ago not to worry, not to be anxious. Anxiety is unbelief. Anxiety is for folk of little faith. Trust in the Father. God knows what you need, and God will see that you get what you need. Jesus is saying that we need to trust God. If God is taking care of these little lesser things in the world, just think what God will do with the greater things. To recap here, our simple, uncomplicated takeaway recipe and ingredients from today's simple salad that I was making for the summertime, uh, the ingredient list, so to speak, goes like this. Put God first. Make God in charge. Don't worry about yourself and your needs. Worry about God and God's needs. Don't be shaken. You will get your portion, your inheritance. You will be a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You will receive your birthright. Put God first and seek God's kingdom and God's righteousness. God promises each of us that our boundary lines will fall in pleasant places. God promises us that we need not worry. Jesus tells us not to worry. God promises us that there's no need for us to be anxious. I recently had the privilege of attending the funeral 
of Doris Blunt in Smithfield, Virginia. Now, Doris is the mother of our good friend, Brian Blunt. And Brian preached his mother's funeral and delivered a wonderful message that was crystal clear. Brian said that his mother always let God do the worrying, that her faith in Jesus took away any anxiety that she might have. She trusted Jesus. Mrs. Blunt did not ask questions like, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? She knew that God knew what her family needed and that God would provide it. Brian ended his beautiful eulogy by saying, be less anxious, be more like Doris. I'm going to, with attribution to my friend Dr. Blunt, close my message this morning with a very similar closing. Friends, be less anxious. Be more like David. O oh Lord, let it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us for the times that we thought that we could do it on our own, forgetting our need for you, living independent of your spirit, Forgive us for letting fear and worry control our minds and for allowing pride and selfishness to rule our lives. Let us be mindful, Lord, of following your ways, always living near to your presence. Amen.